In this episode, we spoke with Brandon Quinn, a Navy Special Operations veteran. He worked in Explosive Ordnance Disposal, or EOD, clearing explosive hazards on land and in water. We chatted about facing your fears, stepping up to lead, and resiliency, whether you're jumping out of a plane or jumping into business school. Welcome everyone to the Fuqua Show today, where we're here with Brandon Quinn to talk about his stories, his experiences, his life. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me. So Brandon Quinn, just a brief intro for everyone, is a second year MBA student at Fuqua. He is a Navy Special Operations veteran who worked in the Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal for eight years, and he'll be going into private wealth management after graduation. Yeah, those are a lot of words, like a lot of jumbled <laughs> words in there. So basically, like explosive ordnance disposal is EOD. That's what everyone calls it in the military. Mm-hmm. So if you want to like break it down to like the most common understanding level, there's Navy Special Operations, which is EOD and diver. And then a lot of people in their heads are like, well, where are the Navy SEALs? Because they're the spe- so that's Navy Special Warfare. That's Navy SEALs and SWIC. So a big portion of what my job was, was you would take explosives, you'd make sure they were safe. You do explosive prevention, planning in advance for whatever unit you were attached to. And then you would make sure that that went well over the course of time, whether you were attached to a carrier, uh, the SEAL teams, um, Army Special Forces, or, or whatever. And how did you end up doing this work? Well, so that takes me back. I was like 20, 19 years old. And I was playing football in college, which was cool, but it was like division three. So I was like marginally better than a high schooler back then. So we, you know, I was kind of coming up at the end of my college career and I was like, what do I want to do next? Like, what does the real world have for me? And what I realized was that I didn't have any private sector aspirations, even in the slightest. I knew I liked being a part of a team. I knew I liked being in an area where I could lead. Sometimes I'd have to follow. And so the military seemed like one of those things that would be like a natural transition of those two things. And then within the military itself, that's like, that's such an umbrella term. There's so many different things inside of it. And so the first thing that I wanted to do was I really wanted to challenge myself because, you know, I grew up pretty afraid. I grew up like fairly like, privileged. And so from my perspective, I didn't really know anything for myself. I knew I could network. I played football. I got into Amherst College, but I'd never actually done anything without my parents' help, without football helping me get into college. So to me, it was really important for me to do something on my own. Um, And so that's kind of how I chose the Navy in general from there. And so that's the Navy, but then how'd you end up in the EOD specifically? So the first, like the first thing I did was I tried out and I was like, I have these big aspirations. Maybe I'll go be a SEAL. That did not work out (laughs) at all. I was not ready mentally um, and ended up just, you know, pulling the plug on myself, which is one of those things that's, uh, you know, like a real blessing looking back at it, because I think that it's really easy to be able to go through how things go successfully and especially like with the starting point and what I wanted to achieve out of like, you know, finding, I guess, for lack of a better term, like the well of my soul. I wanted to know how I dealt in pressure situations. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, here you are, you're in a pressure situation. Uh, It didn't work out. You go out to the fleet. I was working for an F-18 squadron as like, you know, you know, the movie Top Gun. Of course. There's like all the cool guys. Yep. Well, you know the guy like in the side of the screen that has like the grease on his face? 
I was that guy. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> like, That's not, up there. not cool, not sexy, not <laughs> anything. And so it's like, all right, cool. We're here now. How do we get out of it? And so I started working on it. I was like, what were the things that I did well in the beginning? What were the things I could have done better? So, you know, went out, got physically stronger, found the people that would support me uh, in my command, did a really good job of my command. And then luckily I was given a, a shot. And then what I also discovered was like the things that I wanted out of the military too, weren't necessarily like what I thought. I thought I knew what I wanted, but what I really wanted was to do outside the box thinking. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to be able to solve really, really complex problems in high stress scenarios. And, but ultimately like the bottom line was being able to help people. So that was how I kind of heard about EOD. Uh, was lucky enough, got a shot to do it the second time and made it decently high attrition rate. So got pretty lucky, stayed healthy, things went well. So at the beginning of your EOD career, can you tell us about what that was like? What was boot camp like? What do you remember from that time? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so boot camp is kind of like, that's just like the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's like, you just, you start there. So like EOD, you know, you, you work through explosives starting from literally like, how do I have this piece of time fuse and make it go off 15 minutes from now, all the way up to nuclears. So from there, You do all that stuff, which is kind of an interesting pipeline in itself because you get tested on each one of these things. And so who's who's your accounting teacher? I had Shu. Shu. Awesome. Now imagine you're getting tested on grenades and Shu is like standing over your shoulder and he's watching you do your accounting quiz the entire time and you have to get over an 85 or you fail. Well, that's my my nightmare tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Literal nightmare fuel. If if Mohan did that to me last year, I straight up would have just been like... I'm out. Uh, but you do that. So you go all the way through from there through nuclear. You There's a dive portion of it where you learn how to do both rebreather, open circuit and closed circuit diving, uh, jump portion of it, a medical portion of it, and just things like that before you actually show up to your unit. Wow. And you talked about the fear before. You talked about being afraid. How did you conquer those fears? I, for me, I'm thinking about being scared at the, the triangle training thing from a few months ago. How do, how do you say... This is terrifying, but I'm still going to do it and try it anyways. Uh, I think peer pressure helps a lot, (laughs) like positive peer pressure. But no, I think that like what I found about myself was that, and this isn't unique to me, this is like a very much a recurring theme, was there's the ability to like take things and become task oriented and task focused with them. So like I have a terrible breath hold. Like if I were to just hold my nose right now and hold my breath, you'd be like, You've never been underwater before in your entire life, but you're at the bottom of the pool. And I'm like going through my head, I'm going in my head, um, like all the procedures, everything I have to do. And then all of a sudden there's this lurking figure over your head. You look down and you see like a shadow and I'm like, oh no, the shark is coming. He comes down and he rips like the thing out of your mouth and tears all your stuff out. And you're like, okay, cool. This is the portion. And in, in my head, I'm like, I am taking this down to its basic concept have my stuff. Don't let my tanks go. Okay, cool. I'm in the water. I'm in the water. I'm holding my breath. It's gone. It's over. Trace my air, do the procedures from step to step to step. And then it takes this really daunting overall thing and breaks it down to its like most basic concept of Mm -hmm. like what I can control right now. And then you can move on smartly and solve the problem. I love that. For you, what, what would you say was the hardest thing about that experience? 
Failing, it sucked. <laughs> it was the worst, man. I think failing is a double-edged sword because I think it's the best thing that can ever happen to a person. And I think it also sucks simultaneously. Because like I told everyone in my family, like, this is what I'm going to go do. I told my friends, I had mentors. And then you don't do that. And literally, you can't point the finger at anyone else. It is strictly you. But simultaneously, like you learn a lot about yourself. Everything I was looking for that I thought I would find at the end of the pipeline, I actually got through the failure portion of it and then making it through the second time and being like, oh, okay, that's what resilience is. That's what having to fail is. That's what actual self-reflection, like, like, dude, I was, I was an Amherst College grad. And all of a sudden I'm waking up in Lamore, California with like black mold in a barracks with like a 19 year old <laughs> guy who's my roommate. I've never met before. He's from Idaho sleeping next to me. And I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> like, how do I get out of this? Sure. So that, that's like best and worst simultaneously. Did you ever think about quitting? Yeah. Yeah, man. Of course. During the self-reflection portion of it, I think like the amount of self-doubt you go through. And then by not doing that, you end up with like a real tangible life skill on the back end of it. It goes from very like wave tops. I wonder what this feels like. I wonder what this looks like to like, no. That is exactly what that felt like. That is what it looked like. This is what I did. This is what I got through. It goes from that to that, like very quickly. And I like what you're saying, because I think a lot about how we all say that in this business school environment, for example, we want to learn, we want to grow, but that's rarely an easy or smooth experience, right? A lot of it is you have to learn through failure, through hardship, through adversity. Yeah. And I think there's actually like a real emphasis on like, I think that uh, business school is one of the best things that's ever happened to me as well. I feel so fortunate to be here. But I think that there's a real emphasis at this school and in business school in general from like what I've seen about a real focus on the negative about it. Like when you do fail, because every one of us fails. I literally got like a Zillow 2022 summer internship denial like a week ago. And I was like, dude, it is 2023. Like, first of all, I get it now why you guys are doing what you're doing. Sure. But like, you're going to fail a lot. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like there's a, there's a, like an emphasis on the negative aspect of it. But I think that at the same time, if you like boil it down to what it actually is, is like, okay, cool. Where are you in the funnel? There's so many thousands of people that want to go to business school. You then make it to business school. Like, cool. You've made it to the next stage on the funnel. So it's like, I've chosen to be here. This is my opportunity to be here. Other people would cut off their left arm to be here in my place. This is an opportunity. Why aren't we like taking this on and being like aggressive with it? Like, let's, let's go actually make the most of this business school experience. Was that your mindset coming in on day one? Or Absolutely. Did it, yeah. Did it change? Did it develop at all during your time uh, here? No, I'd say that the one thing that has changed a little bit here is just exactly like you know, just kind of having the experience of like learning from other people as well, because I think I came from an environment and this isn't the only thing that changed, but this is like the main thing in my mind that sticks out is that I came in and I had been hardwired to do a thing for eight years. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why I wanted to do business school in the first place was because I was like, I need to just relearn how to be like a person and like not be a weirdo, which is probably still the case. But like, less of a weirdo in that level. And so getting to be with people like, I saw you did the podcast with Courtney Kaplan. She's in my C-lead. Getting to be with people like that, learning from people like Jenna was in my section last year, getting to learn from other people than like the kinds of people I was with the entire time. That's definitely like been the biggest thing that's just changed 
my perspective on everything, which was an intentional decision. And it's like the outcome I wanted, but the direction it's gone, I had no idea. And I'm like, so happy with how it's gone. We'll talk about changing perspectives. I remembered at the beginning of this, you said that when you graduated from Amherst, you had no private sector aspirations and that's why you went into the military. Mm-hmm. What changed there? Well, I met my wife and that <laughs> definitely changed things. I think that like in, in the world that I was living in, in the military, specifically that portion of the military, when everything happened with Afghanistan last year and like everything happened with Iraq, that had happened for that section of the military before then. Like the writing was kind of on the wall about what this is going to look like as we move into like the next phase, like the post global war on terror phase where it's it's really becoming like the big nation states doing things like that. And to me, I did like the little assessment, like I do little t- pros and cons T-charts all the mm-hmm. time, um, which is like nerdy, but super, super valuable for me. And honestly, it was just one of those things where it was like, is this the environment that I signed up for? Because I kind of like an idiot signed up when I was like 23 years old and I wanted to take the throttle on the boat, redline it out, see how long I could go. And when I wasn't getting my return on investment anymore, there was like a slightly selfish thing, mostly service oriented. But when those things changed, I was going to bounce. I was never going to be a 20 year guy. And I saw that. And so then it became like, do I want to do the rat race in the military? Absolutely not. It's like the most bureaucratic thing in the entire world. I wanted to figure out what I could do. And I thought that like my ability to use creativity, think outside the box, do those things was going to get diminished in that environment. So I wanted to find, I knew it existed. It's like, it's not like I stopped talking to the Amherst people. Like I knew it was possible to, you know, break out, do something different and find value in something else that could also be service driven, could also get some of the things that I liked from the military out of it as well. Okay. Okay. And what else did you learn about being a leader, especially when the stakes are so high? That you don't know everything. And I think that crowdsourcing information is a, is a good thing. I also think that it's important that sometimes you just need to make a decision. And like analysis paralysis is very real. And that you can sit there. And I actually saw this a lot with people that did cases last year for consulting was you'd keep asking questions and you'd keep asking questions and you needed to find the perfect amount of information to have the perfect answer to this not perfect scenario. At a certain point, it's like, dude, just do something, right. literally anything. Right. Right. Like just take a step forward in a direction. And right. let's, but you got enough. It's a great plan. Move forward. Like if something changes, you can figure it out sort of thing. You're smart. You can figure it out. And the other thing too, is just that like self-reliance, you can do that. That's that's a thing. It's very learnable and to be empathetic to your teammates. If you could go back and talk to the recent college graduate version of Brandon, what would you tell him? <laughs> you're going to learn a lot. It's going to suck along the way, but you're <laughs> going to be better on the backside of it. <laughs> Let's do a few interview questions with our, our favorite framing here at Fuqua, the, the tell me about a time. So can you, Brandon, tell me about a time when your worldview changed? Um, I think definitely it's one of those things like kind of, kind of harping back on the thing we talked about with the diving. Mm-hmm. I'm also like petrified of jumping. Um, really? yeah. Oh dude, I hate heights. Even still. If you put me on the outside of Fuqua right now, I'll mm-hmm. start shaking. Okay. But again, task oriented, task focused. I got pretty decent at it and we were doing a thing where we were, we were jumping 
And it was like the first jump of the day. We're doing a lot of jumping. And I come out. I'm out of the plane. And I pull my parachute. My parachute is not working. So I am now propelling down to the earth pretty quickly in like a spiral. And I got a really cool video. I'll show you sometime. <laughs> but it like... It happened, I'm falling, and then you got to make a decision because you're like, okay, cool, this is happening. Like, I've gone through this scenario before in my head. I've gone through all the practice procedures. Like, this is the first time anything like that. I've ever seen it. It's the first time, I, like, I've obviously heard that these things have happened. This is the first time it's happened to me. And so, when you're falling, you fall a thousand feet every five seconds. Now, I have this thing, so I'm falling slower than that. But we're getting at, like, the put up or shut up scenario. There's a bottom line like that you're supposed to cut away by it. It's like, all right, well, this is going to happen right now. So it's literally my first, my worst fear come to life. But, and so like do it, do the procedure, everything goes well. And I thought it was really cool to be on the ground. We got on the ground. It was one of those things where it was like, okay, how you doing? You good? Fill out your paperwork, get inside. Let's debrief it, get back in the plane, go up and jump again. And we jumped four more times that day. So it was just one of those things where it was like, there's no time for the woe is me. There's no time for anything like that. I remember my chief looked at me. He was like, hey, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He goes, you did the right thing. I know. Cool. Cool. Let's move. Like, that's good enough sometimes. And then you can debrief that in your head later and figure it out. But at the time when the pressure decision needed to be made, you make the right pressure decision, task oriented, task focused, figure it out, move on. Now I can understand why you're still afraid of heights. I do hate them. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me about a time when something funny happened on the job? In the spirit of keeping it still jumping oriented, okay. I had a buddy who was also pretty afraid of jumping. And there's this phenomena that happens when you change pressures and your stomach expands and doesn't. And so it's pretty common like if you're a little bit afraid, I had a buddy that would like religiously fart as we were about to jump out of the planes. We were jumping from like a pretty high one where you needed like an oxygen mask. And he just ripped a fat one, like right as everyone was putting their oxygen mask on. So it was like kind of trapped. And then you could hear the guy who was in charge on comms being like, why? <laughs> and then you jumped out of the plane. <laughs> that is... That is hilarious. <laughs> I, I love that. The, the idea that you're in these high pressure life or death situations, but you can still find humor. Dude, it's all hilarious. Right. It's so silly. Right. Awesome. So for you, what's what's next after business school, after you graduate over the next few months? Well, so graduation's in May. I start work in July. Okay. And what are you going to be doing? I'm working in a, a private wealth management for Goldman Sachs okay. in the Atlanta office. It's a, I mean, to me... It lined up with a lot of the things that I wanted to do after the military. Again, T-chart, kind of like a broken record here. Sure. But uh, it had a lot of the things that I wanted to do. And then meeting the people in the office down there, I mean, they're fantastic. It's a great team. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, let's close out with some rapid fire questions. So I'll just give you a bunch and then we'll we'll see what happens. Cool. So what is your favorite book? Favorite book is Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. Favorite musical artist? Favorite musical artist? Man, my uh, my 2022 wrap-up, you'd think I was like a 13-year-old emo kid. I have no idea what's going <laughs> on right now. My number one song for the year was like The Science of Selling Yourself Short by Less Than Jake, okay. which is just an absolutely <laughs> absurd thing to play. So I don't know if I have an eclectic taste. That's my number one song for 2022. Less than Jake. There you go. All right. <laughs> How about favorite sport to play? 
favorite sport to play now i like being outside i played football in college i tore both my knees up so if i run 15 yards i'll tear both my hamstrings so mm-hmm. that's kind of out of the question at this point but uh, i guess hiking right mm-hmm. now would be the deal yeah how about sport to watch sport to watch Ooh, i went to a hurricanes game sunday night so hockey it's okay. pretty great okay. and george bulldog just won the national championship so congratulations let's go bulldog nation how about favorite tailgate beer controversy time uh i know that there's the expression going around right now it's a bad day to be a bud light Mm -hmm. favorite beer is coors light oh okay and but like if you want to see a divisive subject bring coors light to a tailgate i've had more negative conversations about that than i did masking in the height of covid (laughs) it's the most preposterous conversations i've ever had but people are like questioning me and like my decision-making process, like I did something really bad. So Bud Light is always the, the safest, <laughs> but in my heart, it's always Coors Light. Conflict resolution Conflict, 101 yeah, with exactly, Brandon. Exactly. Right. Right. How about favorite Fuqua memory? Favorite Fuqua memory? I went on spring break last year to Galapagos. Uh, I'm actually wearing a Galapagos shirt right now. But uh, we were snorkeling and these seals came out to us and... Uh, Joe Seals, ironic, was in the water and one came up to him and nibbled on his ankle. We were all going nuts. And then we looked to the left. Kayla Thompson is literally in a tug of war with another little seal. And I was just like, this is absolute chaos. right? (laughs) Awesome. And last one. How about your favorite piece of advice? Um, Control controllables. I think that's the hard part about you know your first year and then uh, two i guess the first one would be treat fuqua like a two-year experience and don't just have an answer in january Mm -hmm. because you think you have to have it all figured out right now if your internship sucks toss it move on do it again it's like not that bad i got fortunate i did a lot of pre-thought i and then the team and i really vibed well but number one is don't think you have to have it all figured out, number one. Number two, as this process is playing out, uh, control the controllables. You're going to send a bunch of emails. You're going to do things. You're going to have coffee chats. You don't know whether they're going to write you back or not. You don't know whether they like you or not sometimes. It's just a thing. So like sweating the small stuff that's completely out of your control, is it's a fruitless effort and it's just going to kind of drive you crazy. Instead, come to a tailgate on Saturday. And have a, a Bud Light or a Coors Light. And, and bring whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Hey, Best guys. of luck moving forward. And yeah, that's a wrap. Thanks, guys.